0: dot com. afternoon welcome to the font final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield we are on location today we are just outside of eau claire wisconsin in the wisconsin farm technology days that are taking place thanks to one of our uh, stations that uh, takes us in wisconsin for inviting us out here that's wrdn and thank you to brian Winnickens, farm broadcaster for having us out here to enjoy the farm show and, and learn a little bit more about wisconsin agriculture and just to let our listeners in the nebraska and iowa and Kansas area no crops out here, for the most part, are looking pretty good. Um, we did see some early corn tasseling, the, the beans are blooming, but we do know that the producers to the northern part of Wisconsin are having some issues with dryness and lack of rain. We are going to talk about weather today. We're going to talk crop ratings, corn and bean production. What about the carryout and how is this crop supply different from what we've seen in the past seven years? Just the tip of the iceberg, as I like to say, as we dive into the Fontenelle final bell. And Brian Doherty is joining us on site. He is with Total Farm Marketing. And Brian, thanks so much for joining us for the Fontenelle final bell today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure to be here. It's a beautiful day out here uh, in Eau Claire. And, uh, good-looking crops in Wisconsin for sure, but there are some challenged areas. But as you mentioned, as you get further west, um, it gets more and more sticky, uh, challenging with weather, and consequently we're seeing... Stronger price activity this week reflecting a forecast that really doesn't offer a lot of potential rain for the next 7 to 10 days. The National Weather Service had basically the entire nation above normal in temperature and below normal in precipitation.
0: You know, as, as we were coming out here today, you definitely could feel the, the mugginess of the air and the weather. And I'm laughing because as we're recording this, the breeze is starting to pick up and we've been hearing some talk of some scattered rain. So having that said, with this weather and the crop ratings that you saw in yesterday's report, any surprises to you in these numbers normally we do see the deterioration as we get closer to August
1: normally you do what happens is um, for lack of better words when the crop pops out of the ground it's green and either looks good or it doesn't so it's generally highly rated and as the season wears on you get your dry pockets you get too wet you get some of these condition concerns Um, the the issue this year was dry from the get-go so emergence was challenged a little bit but planting was excellent Um, emergence was for the most part excellent but the continued dry has been concerned so you've got these spotty rains from spring to summer and consequently your crop ratings the last several weeks not the last two but the last several weeks were declining downward for corn and beans and this year 65 percent as of uh, Monday's rating report 65 percent good to excellent in corn and that's the same as a week ago. And it's one percentage better than two weeks ago, but less than it was three weeks and four weeks and five weeks ago. So the crop as a whole is stabilizing. But I want to compare that crop rating to to last year. At this time, we were 69% good to excellent. And remind I'll remind you that August turned dry, but it's already dry out west. So when you talk about 69% good to excellent, where I'm going with this is that the USDA yield estimate right now is a 179.5 bushels an acre and last year the final yield was 172 and some of your private satellite estimates are coming in in the lower 170's as well so the markets well aware of that uh, while we've got great crop in two thirds of the nation, or very good crop, another third is in, in a uh, very what I'm going to call sticky s- spot right now, moving into pollination.
0: We um, have uh, had this conversation a few times during the final final bell as we look at these crop ratings here in the states, but then just head south into into South America. We know Brazil has been through a, a wild roller coaster ride. Does that do you see putting any pressure on our production numbers here to be able to meet some global demand?
1: Yeah, it, great question. Pressure. Um, upward pressures this year um, typically Brazil has been able to really pull out some good crop production in recent history uh, they're expanding the technology improving but this past year my goodness uh, they started out extremely dry and then that delayed planting for beans which delayed second crop corn which they're trying to harvest but it's maturing that went through a, a, a dry stretch it is still dry and now it's gone through a cold stretch where there is frost about 10 days ago and then again more frost forecasted last night and maybe again tonight so it is a declining uh, supply situation out of brazil and and so this is an unfolding story so the question is can brazil meet the export expectations to china or is that going to have to come elsewhere the only real elsewhere is the u.s maybe ukraine maybe russia some but uh, so there's that sort of that underlying support That could help push prices higher, ration inventory here. Ultimately, in the end, we've got a crop. When you have crop condition concerns, I'm going to say this late in the season, most likely what's happening is you're pulling your bottom side of price downward potential. You're bringing that up all the time.
0: I had heard some rumors, too, that there may not be as many export opportunities coming out of Brazil and that they're having to buy grain from Argentina to meet demand.
1: That is true. Big country, so it may be easier to import corn from Argentina in some parts of the country rather than traverse the country. And, in fact, they did this week purchase corn from Argentina. That was noted. The other thing to note, too, little things, subtle things. Several weeks ago, Brazil lowered their um, lowered their requirement on GMO corn, so it was sent a signal that we're going to have to import some corn most likely. We want to prepare for that. And so you see that. You see things like... Um, uh, China buying a lot of corn several weeks ago from the United States, sort of a preemptive strike, seeing problems with the dry weather in Brazil, and then also probably recognizing our dry weather conditions out west if those persisted.
0: You talk about dry out west. We really haven't talked much about the struggles that we're seeing there, and I'm sure the effects it's going to have on this cattle market as we get closer to fall.
1: As, as we look at this, um, and, and but you're already seeing that. You're seeing the, the poor pasture conditions out west. You're seeing um, in some of these auction barns you're seeing big numbers of cow calves brought in farmers need to sell them they don't either have the pasture or the feed or don't want to pay the price for corn so the first thing you get is is a displacement and then you start looking at things like slaughter numbers Uh, is cow slaughter up and I was looking this morning at at the latest report 4.1 percent higher this year cow slaughter so that's usually a signal of either really high prices that you can't afford to keep these old cows around or it's a sign of uh, feed conditions
0: all right, well, stick around, folks. We're going to continue here with the Fontenelle Final Bell. We come back, we to talk really how tight are these inventories. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, add to it, looking at the carryout, as well as what we're seeing comparing this past seven years. More is coming up on location. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing the conversation this afternoon. Brian Doherty is with Total Farm Marketing, and we are at outside of Eau Claire at the Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Thanks again to one of our affiliates, uh, Brian Winnikins and WRDN for inviting us out to Wisconsin. It's kind of nice to be back in the, in the heart of the Midwest, and I was joking, Brian, earlier with some of the folks on the air that my Minnesotan in me is kind of popping out as I've been here, and it's kind of nice. <laughs> That's funny. What are we seeing? Let's, let's talk about uh, crop supplies. Differences as we look at the past seven years. What are you seeing for, for our producers?
1: Right. Let's go back to 2019. So that was the year that we had this really late cold spring. And so... We came into that year with very um, heavy supplies, uh, and so so the buying habits of end users are different. When supplies are heavy, they buy as needed, or we call it just-in-time inventories. 2019, late spring, some stress to the crop, not one, not one to really know, I mean, the market didn't really know what to do with it, prices still work lower in August. But as you talk to farmers, they said, you know, this, this crop just isn't out here, the yield is off, and we don't think the test weight is going to be good, and they were right. It took a long while for that to get factored into the market. So we go back to 2019, shorter supply. Come into 2020, what do we have? We have this COVID. We have these, these energy wars. We get a big dump on prices, low prices cure low prices, big demand. So we had a out last July of $3.2 i So I'll, I'll get to the end of my story here. But then we had a dry August. And then the USDA report started reflecting the smaller two thousand nineteen crop through smaller stocks and then reducing the yield. So we had this leftover supply of three point two billion, now we're down to one point one. That's the big change. Prices are higher, farmers can be more selective sellers and users have to be more aggressive buyers.
0: So having said that, let's let's flip this to a livestock perspective. What does all this mean to a, a cattle guy who's gotta buy feed?
1: I, I'm going to make the argument that here we are, toward, you know, we're approaching the end of July, it's in our vision, but out west, the, the vision of end of July doesn't look good for a lot of the South Dakota farmers, North Dakota, western Minnesota, northwest Iowa, because they're dry and there's no rain or very little in the forecast for the next 10 days. So recognize what happens there can affect all of the Midwestern corn price. So if I'm an end user, I really want to start thinking more about the bird and hand mentality Book my inventory, book it. I, I said it after the last supply and demand report. The numbers are just too tight. We're going to be at our third lowest, probably our third lowest stocks of usage in corn in 30 years, maybe second lowest. Soybeans are already paper thin. Book your soybean meal. You want to have the contract first. Now you own that contract. Maybe it's too high, Right. Learn how to defend that price. Now you own a product just like you own corn in the bin. What happens if prices go lower? So talk to someone that can help you manage the risk of lower prices after you own the inventory.
0: Earlier in the first half of the Fontanelle final bell, you talked about those cow slaughter numbers and being up over 4%. Mm-hmm. So having said that, seeing an influx of these cows, we know that there are herd liquidations happening right now in Montana, the Dakotas. What is that going to mean for our prices for, for beef? at the sale barn and just that in return on investment
1: yeah so so everything sort of has a let's call it a consequence so if you're if you're reducing the herd now obviously you're going to drive the price of feeders up later you're going to drive the price of cows up later right now the price of feeders is probably more reflective on if corn's up but you know or down uh the, the inverse relationship but ultimately it tightens the herd a little bit so it could affect corn demand but the first thing you get is sort of this displacement. So rather than a lot of livestock numbers, let's say out west, you might you might actually bring the cattle herd more to the feed, but ultimately you're going to reduce the herd size. That should drive up cattle prices here in the U.S. Uh, everywhere else. So so two, twofold. One. Uh, buy the feeder cattle on dips because expect limited supply and two, if you have cattle, be patient sellers. Try to leave the top side open uh, as an advisor. I would probably look at something like put options to establish a floor, but leave that top side open, but with everything there 's risk, so make make sure you understand that risk
0: very much so. Biggest takeaway as we hit the second half of this week that we need to be keeping an eye out, grain or livestock side.
1: Yeah, if I'm a grain producer, I'm keeping a really tight eye on the weather because if the weather forecast were to change and all of a sudden there's there's copious rains expected, recognize that we're getting late in the year for prices to hold up. So, so grain prices could really take a, a tumble. As it is right now, if you're a patient seller, continue to be patient. The market isn't telling you to sell today. It's saying... We think there's some caution here. We've seen higher prices in May. We saw higher prices in June. We saw higher prices in July. And it looks like the crop's getting smaller now in July. So we may yet see higher prices in August, especially if the weather doesn't turn around and really provide the ample moisture that's needed out west. The crop looks okay, but every farmer will tell you there the subsoils drain and there's nothing in that tank. And they need a lot of rain at this time of year.
0: Very well put, Brian. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Just give us a phone call. That's the easiest way, 800-334-9779. We love to have conversations and listen to needs, concerns, goals. Um, but I'd work with that number. Otherwise, just jump on our website at uh, TotalFarmMarketing.com and, and look us up there.
0: All right, thanks so much. Brian Doherty has been joining us. We are on location outside of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, the Farm Technology Days. Just a reminder, commodity futures do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.